0: welcome to the Alacriel Tarot Podcast, your source for learning all 78 cards in the deck, deepening your understanding and developing your intuition, as well as general advice on your tarot journey. I'm Alacreal, a tarot reader from California, and your host for this podcast. In this episode, we finish our investigation, at least our first investigation, into the pip cards by establishing our keywords for the suit of swords, the other masculine suit beside the wands. I describe how swords is, for me, the scariest suit in the tarot deck, But also, how their messages can be very direct and clear, in addition to cutting, forgive the pun, and also a little foreboding. I hope you find the episode both entertaining and informative, and that you enjoy the show. Okay, on to the swords. Swords has got to be my personal least favorite suit, just because it's a bit worrying, it's a bit terrifying, swords are serious business, and they seem to contain the most difficult messages, or at least that's sort of what I thought earlier on in my terror journey, and so as I've gone on, I've realized they're not as much to be feared as I originally thought, and yet still some of that initial discomfort at working with them has lingered. That definitely remains to this day. But the swords is the suit associated with the element of air. Whereas water is about emotions, air is about logic and intellect and communication uh, and that sort of thing. So when we're talking about swords, we're talking about those aspects. We're talking about the mind rather than the heart and we're talking about action rather than receptivity. So to begin, let's take a look at the Ace of Swords. The background is sort of a dark blue or purple. Uh, Below the expected cloud with the hand is actually a fist coming out of it in this case, and in the fist is held a sword. Around the top of the sword floats this crown, And out of one side of it, there is some sort of greenery with sort of berries or some sort of fruit on it. And on the other side, it's much shaggier looking greenery. It's something more like seaweed or kelp or something like that. Around the hilt of the sword, there are six, I guess they're little flames. They're They're just little yellow flecks. If they were a bit plumper, they'd look like lemons. But they're not, so they're just little yellow shimmers there. And then below all of this is either um, blue and purple mountains, or I prefer to look at it as water. Um, The only reason I prefer to look at it as water is because we're talking about swords, we're talking about intellect, we're talking about rationality, we're talking about logic, and I think that it's diametrically opposed in a lot of ways. Not completely, not at all the times, but in a lot of ways it is opposed to the watery shifting changing nature of emotion and intuition and so i like the the contrast there so i choose to look at the lower landscape as being the sea in this card so the ace like all other aces is talking about the beginning of something in some in some instances although in in this particular ace i think that it's wiser to look at it as more an encapsulating card for the suit. So, instead of looking at it as the beginning of a numerological sequence, aces can also be looked at as sort of summing up the entire energy of their suit in one card. So, the essence of swords, if you will, is contained within the ace of swords. The essence of wands is contained within the ace of wands, and so forth. And the essence of the ace of swords, I would argue is that of victory, of courage, and of the warrior spirit. Those are the meanings that I ascribe to the Ace of Swords when it comes face up. So, for example, if this is coming up in a relationship reading, you have won. Maybe you have won over the the affections of your beloved that you have been, you know, working to attract their attention for so long, where well, you finally won their attention. Um, but there is that aspect of winning. You won something there. Uh, if it happens to come up in the context of a career reading. Maybe somebody is, uh, you know, looking for and seeking a career uh, and they get the Ace of Swords. It's a very positive, predictive card when it comes to that type of thing. Victory. Yes, you had success in your interview. It is very likely that they were impressed and as likely you will get that job. You'll have to just make up your own mind whether or not you intend to read tarot cards predictively. I do, but not with a complete and total emphasis on predictive messages within the cards. If I see predictive messages in the cards, I'm going to say them. And if I don't, I talk more about what's going on in the present or the past. It's really a case-by-case, spread-by-spread basis. But yes, this is a card that definitely has a positive ring to it. Like I said, victory, winning, courage, a warrior spirit, that kind of thing. So then in the reverse orientation, we're looking at the opposite meanings, in fact, uh, from when the card lands face up. So we're talking about defeat or disheartened. So if somebody asks, you know, how will they fare at X, Y, or Z? Maybe they are starting a podcast and they are looking for funding. They're looking for some investors. They're looking for some people to help them to buy audio equipment Or they're looking for um, editing services or something like that, and they're wanting to know if this particular business or this particular source is a good resource for them to use, and they get uh, the Ace of Swords in reverse. Well, that would kind of be a no. (laughs) That's, you know, uh, defeat uh, lies down that avenue, a disheartened sense of failure. So that can, be, that can be difficult, particularly if it comes up in a reading having to do with somebody's passions or with their love life uh, or with something like that. So the Ace of Swords face up carries with it a very welcome message most times. And the Ace of Swords, in the reverse, uh, sort of pointing in the opposite direction, carries with it a totally opposite meaning. So a very double-edged sword there, if you will, has two extremes to it. But that's the sword suit in general for you. Moving on to the Two of Swords, we see a figure of a woman. She is wearing a white dress or a white robe. She is sitting on a stone bench with her feet solidly on a stone floor. Behind her, there is some green, but there is mostly a sea with some rocks in it and then some mountains, or another landmass in the distance. The sky is blue, and it looks for all the world like daytime, and yet behind her in the sky there is a crescent moon, and she is holding two swords, one in each hand, and she has them crossed over her chest. So imagine sort of the pose you adopt when you're going down a water slide, or the pose that you envision a mummy being mummified in two arms crossed over their chest. Imagine that you or the mummy is holding a sword in each hand and those extend off in either directions beyond your shoulders. That is the pose that this woman has adopted in this picture. The two of swords is about being at a crossroads, being at a moment of decision, and it's about self-determination. I've also heard the Two of Swords being referenced as a reminder that one needs to get away. One needs to cut away all the distractions to meditate and to decide for oneself. So that comes with the decision-making process uh, that the Two of Swords has there. Sometimes you get overwhelmed by other people giving you their opinions, and if you get a Two of Swords in response to a situation like that, it's telling you you need to withdraw and you need to make the decision for yourself. You need to cut away all extraneous noise, all other people's opinions, all of the other worries and cares and considerations, and you need to figure it out for yourself. It can also mean stalemate, so being caught between a rock and a hard place, so to speak, being on the verge of making a decision between two basically impossible choices or maybe two equal paths. So it really depends. Use the other cards in your spread uh, to help you determine what meaning this has for you. In the reverse position, the Two of Swords is talking about the amplification of the negative aspects of being at a crossroads or of decision making. So we're talking about indecision there. We're talking about paralysis, the inability to choose, the inability to move forward, and that again, that sense of stalemate and that being caught between a rock and a hard place is really amped up in the reverse position there. Because while that could be a part of it in the uh, in the upright position, in the reverse, that's the focal point. that's the main story there. It's not so much about the decision making, it's about the inability to make a decision. So, yes, I think also it's important to note one of the symbols that I find particularly useful to focus on for a moment in the Two of Swords imagery is the crescent moon hovering in the sky above and behind the figure. The moon is often associated with intuition, and I think that there is a gentle nod here to the role that intuition can play in the decision making process. Of course, it is still a process that is going on inside the mind of this figure, but the moon in the background and also the copious amounts of water in the background suggest that we never make decisions totally uh, in a vacuum. Our intuition and our emotional states also play into it. Um, so maybe just gentle reminder to acknowledge uh, the roles that they play uh, being listed there in the imagery of the two of swords. Moving on to the three of swords in the three of swords, we have a very famous symbolic image. Basically, it's a gray-blue sort of scene. There are clouds on the upper part of the scene, and it appears to be sort of raining, sleeting. There is some sort of precipitation happening, it looks like. And in the foreground closest to us, we have this red heart shape with three swords skewering it. So one is uh, directly in the center, up and down, and then the two off to the sides so sort of forming an X, and they all piercing the heart, and that is what we're seeing here. In some representations of this card, I know that I've seen blood dripping down the blades. Uh, that is not the case in the, right, in the Radiant Rider-Waite deck here, but the image of the heart is clearly pierced by three swords, and so that is a little bit disturbing. Not surprisingly, the message of the Three of Swords is one of heartbreak, or of being wounded, or of heartache. This is one that I also just sort of immediately know what to say just because the meaning is so definite. Kind of like I mentioned in when I was talking about the Eight of Wands previously that I just had to memorize the meaning of that because it didn't have much imagery in it for me to work with and my intuition doesn't really want to engage with that card for some reason. This card is like I know it's just such an obvious message, uh, even without there being a lot of movement or action within the card, and it's an emotion that I feel that probably every human knows. I feel that you don't go through life without experiencing heartbreak of some kind. Everybody, I think, has probably had their heart broken at one point or another in their lives, so we're all very familiar with it. And when we see this image, that's immediately what comes to mind. Um, So I don't have to think about it very long to know exactly what to say when this comes up in a reading for my clients. I immediately tell them that there is a heartbreak, there is some sadness, a wound is happening there. Now, when it comes up in reverse, uh, the message is slightly more hopeful, because we go with the opposite interpretation. We're looking at healing there, or recovery from pain. So it's not like, it's not, I guess, totally the opposite, because I guess the opposite of suffering and heartbreak would be elation and joy. That's not what we mean. Definitely still, heartbreak may have happened, in fact, but it's the moment of healing and the moment of recovery the progression of that process rather than being stuck in the emotion and the pain and the burn of the heartbreak or the heartache that's happening. So there is a little bit of a difference there, but rather than just heartbreak being the end of the story, healing is what's taking place. Moving on to the Four of Swords, it's an interesting image. It appears to be indoors, and we've got purple walls, and we've got on the wall a stained glass window, and we have three swords hanging on the wall, and we have, I don't know if it is a sarcophagus. It kind of looks to me like a sarcophagus, because I don't, I mean, some people look at this as an actual person. Um, In this deck, I don't think it's illustrated as an actual person. I think it's more of a coffin, and it's an elaborately carved coffin with the image of a person on the top. So on the lid. And then along the, the side or the wall of the sarcophagus, there is a carving of another sword. So we've got four swords total in this image. We've got three of them hanging on the wall, and we've got one of them adorning the side of the sarcophagus. And the reason I say that some people look at this guy as an actual person and some people look at it as more of a stone representation of a person that's buried within this box, um, inside this mausoleum or this tomb, is because it it can depend on on the meaning that you want to give. It can mean meditation, it can mean rest before or after battle, and it can mean mental preparation. That's kind of assuming that the dude is alive. Uh, If he is in fact dead... The meaning changes a little bit more. It's more permanent, for one thing. But I think the primary distinction there is, if he is dead, his concerns are no longer focused in this world. He sort of transcended that. So the meditative state that he is in there suggests that he has access to knowledge that we're given whenever we move beyond. Or, if you're inclined more towards this sort of thing, you can think of it as the period of rest between the moment of death and the next incarnation. So, not having to be a part of and engage with the cares of this world and this life. In that way, the meditative practice can remove us from our day-to-day concerns, give us the mental clarity that we need. Remember that swords are dealing with the intellect, logic, and the mind. So, in that way, the four can represent a clearing of all the mental clutter that has a tendency to crop up over time through a process of withdrawal and meditation. But yes, meditation, rest before or after a battle, or mental preparation are the keywords that I tend to associate with this. And probably... You know, because of the setting and because of the uh, imagery in the card, we're talking about fairly weighty issues. We're not thinking about trivial things. This is not, what shall I have for dinner this evening? This is bigger, life-impacting kind of consequence-laden decisions uh, that are being thought through um, or that are being geared up for in the Four of Swords there. When it appears in the opposite position, so when it comes up reversed, we're looking at the opposite meaning of the Four of Swords. So we're looking at sort of a hectic, lively, run-around-like-a-chicken-with-our-head-cut-off-or-unprepared type of vibe uh, going on there. So rather than a meditative, restful, prepared, and methodical approach, we are having exactly the opposite kind of approach. And when the Four of Swords comes up in reverse, I might advise the querent to step back and take a little bit of time to mentally prepare themselves, take a little bit of time to meditate, to think through their problem with as much clarity as they can muster. And you know, given the imagery on the four of swords, if it comes up in reverse, I might ask them, you know, if it is relevant to them, maybe they ought to go and do something uh, a little bit spiritual. Uh, to help prepare themselves for it. So the imagery on the Four of Swords is that of a church. So it might be that somebody that comes to me for a reading might want to go to uh, church to contemplate things later, or um, it might be that they, you know, they consider nature to be their church. Either way, um, the spiritual undertones within the card suggest that a person choosing to meditate and to mentally prepare themselves might find an extra layer of significance uh, in doing that at a place where they find spiritual significance, whether that be nature, whether that be church, whether that be by the sea. It's really up to them, but go where they feel the presence of the divine or feel the presence of God. That would seem to be kind of an added implication or a hidden message that you might be able to mine out of this card, again, depending on context. Ah, okay, moving on. We've got the Five of Swords. The Five of Swords is a pretty scary-looking card. First of all, we've got sort of a dull slate or a blue-ish sky, and it is streaked with clouds And we've got three uh, figures here. One figure is sort of grinning uh, in a smug, if you ask me, sort of way, looking over his shoulder at the other two figures that are retreating. And there is one figure in the distance that looks kind of like he might be crying. Um, The figure in the foreground closest to us that's sort of grinning and looking back over his shoulder is carrying a couple of swords in his arm. He appears to be picking up another and then there are two swords lying at his feet there, and the other two figures in the background are, that are walking away, or that are, you know, further away with their backs turned, appear to be the losers in some kind of contest. Like, they've lost their swords, and this guy that's sort of smugly grinning at them is collecting them all up. He's rather pleased with the situation. There is a sea in the distance as well as some mountains, and again, we see a gray solid ground. So, a lot of gray in this picture. Most of the color is actually coming from the clothing that is being worn by the figures. So, the Five of Swords is about combat, it's about fighting and arguing. I've also heard and been unable to shake this from my mind, and I forget where I heard this, but at one point somebody described the Five of Swords to me as the concept of Pyrrhic victory. Pyrrhic victory is basically winning, but at such a high cost that you might as well have been losing sort of thing. So that is a good concept to remember because sometimes we pay too high a price uh, when it comes to winning. This is competition that has got out of hand. That's kind of the the five of swords there when you are going with the Pyrrhic victory interpretation. Um, it could just mean fighting, combat, arguing, disharmony, or it could mean that, you know, somebody has won and are really pleased with themselves as in the you know as it looks like the the case is with this guy that's collecting up all the swords but he's going to be left alone there holding the swords i don't know maybe he'll go off and gloat with his friends and or maybe he'll go off and sell the swords and live his best life you know feasting and drinking and who knows what else you know it's impossible to see what happens after Uh, This snapshot after this uh, image. We don't know. There's many stories that we could tell, and that's why it's important to see what other cards there are around each interpretation that you're giving. But in general, uh, this would mean combat and fighting. Upside down, in the reverse position, we find a change of perspective is necessary for the Five of Swords. The words that come to mind when looking at it in the reverse are letting go or moving on from defeat yes you got your ass handed to you in a recent combat uh, in a recent uh, fight but there's no reason to stay down there's no reason to you know cry in the distance you can pick yourself up dust yourself off move on to the next contest and do better the next time and that's sort of the energy of the five of swords in reverse moving on to the six of swords the six of swords is an image that is taking place on a boat There are three figures, an adult figure of some sort, something to me suggests female, but there's really no way to tell, in all honesty, and there's a smaller figure beside her, and this is some sort of child, Uh, again, impossible to tell the gender, and then there is a man that is not rowing, but actually he's using a pole to propel the boat, it looks like to me, through the water. So, and in the front of the boat, around the two figures that are the passengers, there are six swords. Four are sort of clustered together, and then there are an additional two. And in the distance, sort of in the direction that the oarsman happens to be looking, there is apparently the opposite shoreline. Um, it's a little bit blue or a little bit purple, and it's got some trees along it there, but there's not a whole lot there, and we don't know what is behind the people in the boat either. So, the Six of Swords talks about moving on, seeking refuge, or fleeing. The story that I like to think about with these figures is the idea that they are fleeing some type of conflict, fleeing some type of negative situation. Um, You know, maybe maybe it's domestic violence they're leaving behind them. Maybe it is... A poor family dynamic, maybe you know, it's it's leaving a relationship uh, that has turned out to be toxic for them, that that is no longer serving them, but it's moving on from a bad situation. We don't know where they're going to finish up necessarily. Um, the implication is, and the hope is, that we're going to find that we're someplace better. But the important thing for these two people that are being ferried away from whatever situation they were in is just to get away. There was something that was inspiring them to leave, something that necessitated their departure, and they're getting away from that. And so that's the important thing here in the Six of Swords. In the reversed position, there is a blockage of that energy, so an inability to move or a feeling of no escape. That can be really dreadful. Um, You know, If you get, for example, the Six of Swords reversed in a career reading, you've got somebody that's feeling very stuck, very unable to get away, they feel perhaps financially trapped, or they feel uh, trapped by obligation. You know, who knows? Maybe they they're in the work that they are in is uh, a family-owned business, and they feel like they cannot betray their family, and so they cannot pursue their dreams, and they feel totally stuck. and unable to seek refuge in the pursuit of their dreams or in the pursuit of uh, their own happiness. Um, so yeah, the six of swords in reverse can be quite sad. Blocked, unable to move, no escape. So both upright and reverse can have difficult implications and difficult meanings associated with them. It again depends on the context of the other cards, so make sure that you take them into account whenever it pops up in a reading for you. But yeah, moving on to the seven of swords. It's one of those that has a really bright yellow sky to it. So either sunset or sunrise, I tend to think sunset for this one and there is a guy that has rather an interesting outfit on. He has got sort of a yellow tunic with red spots or polka dots or blotches on it, and it's got sort of a lace-up front. He's wearing a white undershirt. He's wearing blue leggings uh, with fur-trimmed reddish-brown boots and a fur-trimmed red hat. He has in his hands Well, he has in one hand there are two swords, in the other there are three, and then there are an additional two to make seven altogether right at his heel there, and he is looking at them with a broad grin on his face like, aha, yes, I'm going to pick those up as well. And he's sort of on tiptoe, almost like he's sneaking about. In the distance... Only as silhouettes can we see, I think, three other figures, and they're quite a long ways in the distance as well. Um, Behind him there are some tents, brightly colored tents actually, with flags on top. Um, So I don't know if we're at a joust and he is going along behind and out of the way whilst not being noticed and just, you know, snatching up people's swords or what the deal is there, but he is pretty pleased with the swords that he does have, and he's Apparently, he's got five of them in his hand and he's about to have seven, is what it looks like in this image. The Seven of Swords, therefore unsurprisingly in the upright position, speaks of trickery, of theft, and less commonly, but I think perfectly validly still, sometimes of hoarding. So I have seen the Seven of Swords mean that we are hoarding our resources, be that intellectually, which does make sense because we're talking about swords. Swords being associated with air, being associated with intellect and logic and communication. We could be sitting on a pile of information that we know could be helpful or could do a bunch of good. We could be keeping that to ourselves for the purposes of, you know, of selfish gain or of harming someone else. We could be guilty of trickery or of thievery. We could be stealing something. We could be making off Uh, With something, and this could be in the material world, or if we carry on the association of the swords and intellect and communication a bit further, we could be talking about even something like plagiarism. There, you know, especially in an academic context. If I were to get the seven of swords in an academic context, um, and there was any kind of question about um, the fate of a an important term paper, I would be looking at that and I'd be thinking plagiarism, because we got the idea of trickery and theft there, but we've also got communication, which is associated with the swords. So again, depends on the question, depends on the context, but we're kind of getting a negative uh, vibe about that there. Turned upside down, in the reverse position, we actually have the opposite meaning, so it's rather more encouraging when the Seven of Swords appears in the reverse. Um, We've got the meaning of honesty, or of doing the right thing. I've also heard turning over a new leaf, so to speak. Choosing to do the right thing, though, appears to be what is happening in the Seven of Swords reversed. And sometimes doing the right thing is a bit difficult, sometimes it's a little bit easier. It doesn't necessarily mean we have to make a big, you know, noble to-do and hoopla about it, like, oh yes, what a wonderful person am I or what a wonderful person is he or she um, because we're doing the right thing. No, no. Sometimes just it means just casually doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. There doesn't necessarily have to be a fanfare associated with it. In fact, because of the sneaky nature in the face up, it could mean, in the reverse, doing the right thing uh, without really being noticed doing the right thing. Quietly doing the right thing because you know it's the right thing to do. So those are the interpretations for the Seven of Swords. Moving on to the Eight. Ah, yes, the Eight of Swords. I've actually seen this quite a few times, and it seems like it's got a lot of play because it's quite relevant for a lot of people, Uh, maybe just at the stage that I am in life, or maybe just because of the stage that we are in the course of human development. I can't say for certain. But the Eight of Swords features a blue sky, a gray, mountainous sort of backdrop with red-roofed buildings in the distance there. In the foreground, we have a figure of a woman in a uh, brown shirt with a red, or excuse me, an orange sort of dress over all that. She is bound up in sort of some kind of white fabric, and then she's blindfolded by the same white fabric, and she has eight swords around her, stuck point-first into the ground, and they're quite long, these swords. Um, They extend from the ground all the way up to about her shoulder height, Um, and she is standing on sort of a sandy, sort of watery area. There is both water and sand in about equal portion. The Eight of Swords is a card that talks about self-imprisonment, trial, and also difficult surroundings. Uh... Obviously, being blindfolded, we've got the sense of uh, blindness or an inability to see uh, what is going on around us. Uh, She's bound up with the same type of white fabric, so the sense of being trapped and restricted, unable to move freely, that's no fun. And so we've got the idea of being imprisoned on trial because she does look bound and sort of put on display there in a way, although there are no other figures in the card, so we can't really see if anybody else is watching her or not. But it could also mean trial in the sense of she is going through some sort of difficulty, difficult surroundings, you know. In reverse, the Eight of Swords is meaning the opposite. We're talking about release And we're talking about the disappearing of difficulties. So it's important to note that the woman in the picture looks as though she ought to be able to get out of the predicament that she is in. Even if she doesn't get rid of the blindfold or her bonds, she should be able to... I mean, the swords are not so close together that she can't get out from between them. With just, you know, a few steps in the right direction, she would be able to feel her way out of that, perhaps cry out for help. But she she has a number of options available to her for getting out of the predicament that she's in. So if she chooses to stay there... It, half of it is the swords and the binding and the blindfold that are keeping her there, and the other half of it is her choice. And so that is an important thing to bring up when the card appears during a reading, because you want your querent to know that they have options and that part of what may be holding them back or part of what may be making them feel imprisoned is their own perception, you know. Is there a simple action that they can take? Just as this woman could simply start, you know, moving in a direction, you know, gingerly feeling her way along out from between the cage of swords that she's got around her, is that sort of an applicable sentiment that could be suggested to your querent? Something to consider. And that is why, face up, we're talking about self-imprisonment, not being imprisoned by other people. So, yes, an important distinction to note and an important possibly encouraging message to deliver along with the Eight of Swords. You might be trapped, but you don't have to remain trapped. You should test it a little bit. You should see, and that, you know, the difficulties will probably dissolve. They're probably not as solid or as impassable as you might initially suppose. Yes, moving on to the Nine of Swords. The Nine of Swords has a black Background. The final two cards, in fact, in this suit have black backgrounds, the nine and the ten both. But so, in addition to the black background, throughout the entire top of the card, we've got rather long swords, nine of them, going from left to right. We've got the hilt going toward the point, and the point is actually out of frame in this card. Nine swords slashing through the blackness above a figure who is sitting up on his or her bed. We can't really tell the gender. It's a bit ambiguous. I would guess male, um, but uh, who can say for sure. But he is sitting up on his bed. He's got sort of a blue mattress, a yellow pillow. Um, His bed actually has some sort of decorative engraving on the side there. Can't really say what it is. Could be a number of things. Kind of looks like two people having an argument or a fight, (laughs) which is not the sort of bed I'd want to sleep on. He does have rather a nice quilt, though. That's got some sort of like red flower, it looks like maybe a rose, and then it's also got other embroidery in sort of a blue checkered pattern as well going around it. And it appears that the embroidery is making astrological signs. I have seen it represented as astrological signs on other versions of the Nine of Swords in different decks, but it's a little bit ambiguous here, so we're not really sure. But he's sitting up in his bed, both arms are raised, his hands are covering his face. Uh, he might be crying, or he might just be trying to shake sleep from his head, or rid himself of a disturbing image, perhaps that he dreamt. So that's what's going on in the Nine of Swords. Not surprisingly, it means nightmares. It can actually mean nightmares, just literal nightmares. People might be having or experiencing sleep disturbances. I often ask that first, because if they're not, that's the easiest thing to rule out. Like, hey, are you are you sleeping all right? Are you having any nightmares lately? Any kind of sleep disturbances? And if they're like, oh my god, yes, well then you know, ah, that's what the Nine of Swords is talking about. If they say no, not really so much, I, I go with the other interpretations, which include anxiety and worry. It's not usually the trivial kind of anxiety and worry this is the kind of anxiety and worry that causes you to sit bolt up in your bed um, and hold your head in your hands in the middle of the night as this person is doing in the artwork of the card. It is not necessarily a nice card in the, in the upright position, neither is it any nicer in the reversed. In the reversed, rather than meaning the opposite of nightmares and anxiety and worry, it really sort of amplifies the negative aspects that we saw in in Nightmares, Anxiety, and Worry. So what was anxiety and worry that can still wake you up in the middle of the night becomes crippling fear or consuming worry, stuff that is preventing you from going to sleep, um, stuff that is just gnawing at you and not letting you have any kind of peace it's really difficult when that when those kinds of feelings hit you when when you've got cause to worry maybe maybe you're worried about you know a loved one Uh, off serving in the armed forces or something like that. That's the sort of thing that the Nine of Swords can be representing. You know, that's the sort of thing that causes um, relatives to wake up in the middle of the night having dreamed something horrible and and, and feeling really dreadful about it because there's nothing that they can do in that moment. You know, you can't keep uh, some of your people, some of your tribe safe necessarily. And that can cause uh, anxiety and stress and worry in the reverse position when things are totally crippling and consuming worry. This is this is a moment that it, it can be quite serious, the, the nine of swords in reverse. Um, this is the type of thing that verges on suicidal thoughts and behaviors. Um, it's the type of thing that might indicate uh, a break with reality, a serious mental health issue. So if the nine of swords comes up in reverse like that, don't take it lightly. Really, really probe in as much as you can. Make sure that your querent is is okay, is stable mentally, has whatever support that they need. You know, that that would be my, my biggest bit of advice right there, because the Nine of Swords in reverse is rather more serious. It's still serious in the upright position, but it is that extra little bit further Um, that puts you into potentially dangerous territory when it's reversed like that. So always better to be safe than sorry. And in general, if you should ever feel that one of your querents is suicidal or is manic depressive, is having some kind of mental health issue that you yourself cannot handle then and there, it might be a good idea to have additional resources available that you can refer them to if they feel that they do need extra support. And I would also urge you to not be worried to bring up suicide. Uh, One of the things that we erroneously think is that people that are suicidal or that are nearing suicide, you know, by saying, hey, you know, are you suicidal, that they're going to, that might push them more in that direction. The research actually proves the opposite. If you are worried about somebody, you know, call it what it is, ask it in all compassion. Say, you know, are you feeling okay? Have you been thinking about ending your life? Are you, are you suicidal right now? That is actually proven to be more helpful uh, than saying nothing. Because uh, one of the things that can, in fact, motivate people towards suicide anyway is feeling ignored and detached and not connected. So yeah, don't be afraid uh, to ask the question. You know, and there again, the nine of swords coming up in reverse does not automatically mean someone is suicidal. It's just one of those indications that might give you an easier way to address it. Especially if you were already feeling that the person on the other end of your table isn't in a good way emotionally, spiritually, or physically, having a card with that kind of meaning associated with it um, that you can sort of use as a prop to segue into that discussion can be really useful and really helpful. So do consider it, but the Nine of Swords in reverse is probably one of the more serious cards that you can use in that way, so do pay attention to it when it happens. Moving on to the Ten of Swords. Okay, so the Ten of Swords is, again, uh, got a black sky to it. This is an outdoor scene, then it's got a few clouds, and then it's got sort of a yellow sunset or a sunrise. It's ambiguous, which it is. There is a purple mountain range in the background and then there is sort of a blue lake or sea in the in the middle distance there and then right up next to us the the observer we see a brown sort of earthen floor on which is sprawled a human that is impaled through the back with 10 swords so he is impaled and there is blood on the ground we see and he's also apparently covered in a red cloak, he's wearing a yellow tunic, and he's got white shirt sleeves on underneath. It's kind of a bleak image. This guy stabbed through the back no fewer than 10 times uh, and face down in the dirt. This is a card that I would assign the words betrayal, definitive end, and overkill to. Betrayal is the word which first leaps to mind uh, with the Ten of Swords, and I'm not really sure why. I don't get it that often, thank heavens, but the Ten of Swords is not really a nice card. Uh, This guy has not met with a pleasant end, but it is a very sure end. It is absolutely ended um, for this fellow. He is dead. (laughs) Overkill uh, was obvious there. This can mean the total annihilation, the total destruction, the total end of an endeavor, or of a career path, or of you know, a relationship, can mean betrayal in a relationship as well, backstabbed. This guy has clearly been backstabbed. So it is one of those that it's critical to examine the other cards around uh, to get the context for, but it, it, it carries with it a pretty weighty, pretty serious meaning. In the reverse, the Ten of Swords is kind of a, a blocked version of that same energy, a blockage of the energy of when it is upright. So we're talking about an end, but not as much of an overkill kind of an end Um, And not as much as a definitive end, there could be a little bit of, you know, um, suffering associated with it. Uh, We don't get the impression that this guy is still alive in the upright position, but in the reversed, it may be that he was stabbed slowly and was left to die a little bit slowly. So the end wasn't quick and the end was a bit drawn out. And that's what we can get in the reverse there by the blockage of that energy. Um, It wasn't quick. It wasn't definitive. It's drawn out. It's messier or we can also get from the reversal uh, a harsh lesson. So yeah, the Ten of Swords doesn't have any kind of happiness to it, really, in the upright or in the reversed position. If it were me, I don't know which I would rather have it coming up. I don't know if I'd rather have it coming up upright or in reverse if I was on the receiving end of it. It is difficult, so it's critical that you examine the other cards in the spread so that you can get your context and deliver the best interpretation that you can, the most truthful interpretation that you can as well. But it is a card that obviously carries with it some serious consequences and some serious messages as well. Swords is not a suit that plays around, you know. We are talking about swords here. These cut. These are big, bloody great knives, and we should treat them as what they are. They are tools, that can be used, but they're also a little bit dangerous. I'm being reminded right now of a quote, and it actually reminds me of uh, the title of a book I read. It was called The Blade Itself. And I believe the quote went The blade itself incites violence, meaning that, you know, just looking at the sword, just the sword's presence, you know, exudes violence because you know that a sword is used uh, to do combat and to do serious work. So, in general, the suit of swords is quite serious, and I would advise you to treat it as such. And there you have it. Now that we've gone through all the suits and gotten our proverbial feet thoroughly wet, do you have a favorite? I mentioned previously that I prefer the cups, But that may also have something to do with the fact that I'm a Scorpio, and therefore a water sign. Do you find the suit of swords as scary as I do, or do you tend to love them for their directness? In closing, I'd like to make a special thank you to the incredibly talented Dylan Craig for providing the music for our show. If you would like to collaborate on a musical project, or book a recording session with him, please see his contact information in the show notes. As always, please feel free to contact me via email at alacraeltarot at gmail.com, that's A-L-A-C-R-A-E-L-T-A-R-O-T at gmail.com, with questions, comments, and general thoughts. I happily read for clients both near and far, and if you are interested in booking a reading, please feel free to reach out. If you enjoyed the show and would like to help keep it going, please consider becoming a patron. All patrons receive extra weekly content, ranging from blog posts to additional podcast episodes to tarot readings and tarot scopes. You can also connect with me on Instagram and YouTube at Tarot. Thanks again for listening, and blessed be.